take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew, comfort it in chocolate and a miracle or two. It's a candy man. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Why Are We Watching This podcast. This week, Zach's out to disprove an urban legend, and Sean's a Rottweiler that's losing his head because we're watching Candyman. I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. <laughs> Why are we watching this? Yeah, hi, What's up, guys? I'm Sean. Uh, I might be Zach. I think you are. Mm. And this week, we're watching 1992's Candyman. Candyman's a horror thriller movie. It's rated R, so don't bring the kids. It's an hour 39 minutes. It was directed by Bernard Rose. Now, Bernard Rose and Clive Barker together wrote the screenplay for this movie. It is based, however, on a short uh, story, rather, in Books of Blood uh, by Clive Barker. Uh, The story's called The Forbidden. We're going to get into that because some of the changes between the short story and the movie are pretty massive. Yeah. So, um, Uh, Real quick, uh, just want to get out a quick spoiler alert. (laughs) Early. Um, Making them know when the show starts. The rating uh, on IMDb for this movie is 6.6. There was a budget of between 8 and $9 million. Did this movie make or lose money in the box office? I'm going to say it lost money. This movie made a lot of money. This really? movie came out at $25.7 million. I guess I just think, like, I don't know. It's hard to tell with some of these movies. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily a reflection of my rating on it. So that's not me giving away how I felt about the movie. Just with the content and, like, kind of the main characters and what the story's about, that's kind of what made me think, like, people probably were like, no. Well, in the time period, 92. That's what I mean. Um, you know. So more culturally. Culture, uh, culturally? Is that a word? <laughs> yeah. Is that the go. word? You got it. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's different. So the synopsis on this movie is a grad student researching urban legends accidentally evokes the vengeful spirit of the Candyman, while trying to prove his non-existence. Her life spins out of control when she becomes the prime suspect for a kidnapping and multiple murders. Yeah, this movie. But it would, like, out giving any of the cool shit away. That's the movie. Because there's yeah, a no, lot absol- of crazy shit that happens. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I said this was uh, based on The Forbidden by Clive Barker. One of the massive changes is in the, um, in the original book... It's not a black man with a hook, mm. almost specifically. Now, they made the change so that they could fit it into the the projects. Yeah, um, it makes sense. And I think it, it kind of adds a lot to oh, it, the story. No, it, it makes the story. Uh, because the backstory, his yeah. backstory, is, it totally centers on that, on the race. Yeah. Um, now, this movie's got Tony Todd as the titular Candyman. I love Tony Todd, and I forgot how young he is in this movie. He looks good. He looks really good. Um, Virginia Madsen, also young and looking very good. Um, we got Xander Berkeley, who I could give a shit about, and the character he plays in this movie sucks. Trevor? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Cassie Lemons is... Uh, oh. She's the the friend. Bernie. Yeah. Bernadette. Bernadette. And... Uh, She's Man, gorgeous. she's got a she is gorgeous and she's got a very tragic story in like yeah, art in this. I know. And then uh, Vanessa Williams, not the singer, is also an actress <laughs> in this movie. 
Wait. So there's a singer named Vanessa Williams. It's not the Vanessa Williams that's in this movie. One of the things I kind of noticed off the bat is Philip Glass's score in this movie is pretty fucking cool. Dude, that first song that comes in and it's like uh it's like a Destiny Child beat or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was so sick. Yeah. And then I mean all the the like choral stuff that happens yeah. and there's all these like very it's all major chord based stuff, so it's very upbeat in like classical style. It's also kind of like um I want to say like churchy. Oh, absolutely. Sorta. Very uh, like uh it's kind of interesting. The The music and the way this movie was shot, it's almost very fantasy. Because everything kind of has a, um, like an, like a glow to mm, it. Especially sure. the scenes when, um, Virginia's, Virginia Madsen, um, what's her character? Helen. Helen is, uh, when she's under, like, his, uh, hypnotism or she's, like, mesmerized yeah. by Candyman. It becomes very, like, fantasy and dreamlike. Yeah. And uh, I think with the score, it kind of felt that way to me. I was like, wow, he's kind of given all these different vibes. And, and one of the other things that this movie kind of, um, that jumped out about this movie to me is, it's, it is a slasher movie, but it's not played like a slasher movie at all. Yeah. Uh, it's, In fact, you hardly really see anyone get, like, slashed, really. Totally. There's really maybe one or two scenes. I can think of one. I can think of two, two. essentially. Um, including the very end I can think of too. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll go through it, but, um, oh, sure. Okay. So yeah, there's like three. So the, uh, the opening, we also get like the bees and then they take over the cityscape. Oh, that was so cool. Very cool. And, uh, I, this is not the first time I've seen this movie. Yeah. Me neither. But watching it again, it was interesting how they kind of set the tone with those things Mm -hmm. and especially knowing where it's going. Yeah, uh, I definitely had some thoughts about that, and I was just, like, kind of mesmerized. And it was, like, that – it's that supernatural, like, vibe that I love in movies like that, where it's, like – like, this whole movie is kind of what I like to go for, again, without, like, giving away my rating or anything. But um, I like the whole – it's interesting to see an urban myth be covered because, like, when I was a kid, it was Bloody Mary. Sure. That's what everyone talked about. Um, and so, like, this was always, like, my first connection with that. Oh, yeah. And um, it's interesting to see that. And it's, like, it's cool how it's, like, well, like, yeah, they're, like, ghosts and it's, like, supernatural. And this, it's this whole thing. It's, like, a curse. And uh, I just, yeah, the the vibes they give with that, with the bees and everything, it's, it's just so cool. And all the, like, murals and stuff telling yeah. the story. Yeah. The murals were... Um... And we'll get into that in a little bit, but that was one of my favorite uh, visual, visually one of my favorite parts of this movie. The way they were able to use that and sort of um, kind of tell you where they were going, yeah, without really giving anything away. One, it's cool because it looks like it belongs there. Oh, and absolutely! It, it looks, it, it's got this whole like, um, I mean, it's all tagged up. Yeah. Although the like mural depicting the story kind of looks more like a actual painting. No, definitely. Like I don't think. Gangsters came and painted that. I mean, <laughs> they may have. Um, um, I assumed it was just part of the Candyman curse. Is that the murals just had that? Like he did it. Yeah, it sort of seems, um, especially Maybe. after she discovers the whole area yeah. that he's in, that it it sort of becomes uh, like open in a way that 
doesn't make sense. Yeah. So that's where I mean the fantasy sort of uh, kind of leaks in where it mm-hmm. starts. You're in his world, so it, it doesn't right. have to make sense. Right. Um. Yeah. So we uh, our our introduction to Helen uh, is is through some storytelling. We get to see the urban legend of the Candyman told out. Yeah. And we get fucking Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi plays the quote-unquote bad boy, and never like, should he be played that character. Exactly. Like, they couldn't get, like, John Stamos or something. Like, he wasn't that big yet. He could have... I, I think he would have done it. I think you're absolutely right. Fuck, I, if we had John Stamos starting out in this movie, I would have been rock hard. Dude, I was laughing so hard, because I'm just like, well, okay. That's an interesting... It's interesting. Yeah. Um, And then uh, that also leads into... Something that this movie is not shy to at all, and it's um, like a, a lot of blood. There's a blood dripping out of the ceiling. Uh, yeah. Now, the the killing and like violence doesn't start until about halfway into the movie. Yeah. But once it starts, it is it, rough. Yeah, it just runs like a chainsaw. And uh, I think now Bernard Rose. I went through sort of the other stuff that he'd worked on, and it's all kind of artsy stuff. And so looking through um, kind of the, the behind the scenes on this movie, uh, it, it, he would go to the scenes after they'd been made up and he would just spray more blood just to be like, all right, let's just have more. Jeez. And so that's why it is so like overly wet. Yeah, it was like, I don't know, it was a bit much for me, uh, especially the scene where she wakes up in that woman's bathroom. Oof. This whole, man, this whole movie is like super tragic. Oh, yeah. Like sad and fucked up. I mean, there's a lot of little things that I want to, like, kind of talk about. But, I mean, to kind of get it out there, this movie is so crazy to me because they they kind of give you the idea that maybe she's losing her mind and kind of giving in to the urban legend and that she's the one killing. Or at least that's the way everybody else is perceiving her. Well, yeah, because that's what makes sense but in then, their world. But then there are times when you start to, where she starts to believe it. And it's like, oh, I know that's not the case, but this is kind of interesting. But then it never does that. It always goes to, no, he's real. He's very much real. I think, yeah, I think that's the thing is she struggles between it being a dream and reality. And when she finally like pulls into the reality and she's like, I just have to do this. I have to take care of this thing. And uh, no one believes me. Nobody's going to help me. I have to just do it. Absolutely. And and her story, I, I feel, I find it so weird to call this movie a horror or a thriller. It is, but it's a tragedy. Well, because yeah, you're watching this woman's that's life. That's more like a theme of it, though. No, sure. But you're, you're literally watching this woman's life unfold. In the worst it, way. Her too. husband, I mean, even her, um, her, her, yeah, her relationship, her home life falls apart. Yeah. Um, and, and then it the worst, was, yeah, absolutely the worst ways. I mean. And then even, I mean, there's nobody, there's no poetic justice at the end of this movie. Yeah, it, it, the ending's actually, like, it's very so bleak. dark. It's very bleak. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it was effective, though. Absolutely. Um, so, the, the legend of the Candyman is that he was um, the son of a slave, and, uh, no, he was the son of a shoemaker, is what it was. And then he was a painter, and he grew up aristocratic. Mm. He fell in love with oh, a white girl. he was a girl. painter. Right. So, yeah, the he paintings. painted them all the... It, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Boom. So, Boom, guys. You're uh-huh. welcome. 
He was hired by a rich white man. Detective to... Zach's on the case. <laughs> he was hired by a rich white man to paint um, his him or his daughter, and ended up falling in love with the daughter. Yeah, and like she got gets it. pregnant. Pregnant. Um, and then the father basically puts a hit on this guy. So the people, his goons, drag him out naked, cut yeah. his hand off with a raw axe. Like a rusty a saw. saw. Yeah, a raw. Rusty is what I meant. And then um, shove a hook in and nail into it into the, his the the stump. bloody stump. Ugh. Ugh. And then they covered him in uh, honeycomb honey. and oil. Right. Or, uh, uh, honey and honeycomb from this beehives that they broke together and then so the bees attacked him and they and ate stung him, him to death or stung him to death is what it is yeah but it looks like they ate him alive when you like finally get well, to see him his, later his body would have decomposed right. and so they probably they probably are eating him oh yeah honestly uh i don't know about bees so much but i know wasps are carnivorous like that they'll eat like chicken and stuff interesting so i think bees might as well because well, they i think they eat other insects so let's talk about bees for a second because we get a scene with bees, a scene with bees. Let's talk about bees, baby. <laughs> we get a scene with bees that is an absolute terror, and it's um, dude, it's fucking kudos because yeah, well, Tony... we'll we'll talk about Tony oh, Todd. Wait? No, we'll get into that right now. Right. Go ahead. Uh, he did that shit. Yeah, Those bees were like for real in his mouth. So yeah, the scene is he he finally reveals him what he looks like to Helen. Yeah, and where his he chest is his, the ribs. His, yeah. Uh, the raw ribs, body. and he opens his mouth, and there's bees in his mouth, mouthful of bees. He did do that, which is fucking crazy. He said he got stung a lot. He, I can tell you the the number on that, because he requested a thousand dollars per sting. Oh wow! He made twenty five grand. Let's okay. So he got twenty five stings in the mouth. Oh, a thousand. Oh, okay, a thousand. Yeah, that's fucking. That's awful. Yeah, twenty five stings in the mouth, but at the same time, twenty five k. Yeah. Just for that I think scene. that's fair. Just for that scene. Yeah. Dude. That's, yeah, that is, it. I have so much respect for him for doing that. So what they did is they took a piece of plastic yeah. and like a bag and put it on the inside of his mouth and then filled that with the bees. Right. Which. So uh, that they wouldn't fly down his throat. Right. But it's cool because it kind of alludes to the idea of the bees going up in through his chest and out of his mouth, which yeah. is pretty fucking crazy. No, it's super cool. It's all part of the supernatural curse to it like it's so weird because like it doesn't sound like something that'd be scarier or whatever you're like it's like why is it candy man right what's this have to do with the candy necessarily which they do kind of throw in the old myth of like well it must have really happened for it to have been a thing but like being told like to check your candy because there could be razor blades in it i was always like why the fuck would there be a razor blade in my candy? Well, so that's funny. How? They, the reason they How would called, I not know? The reason they called him Candyman was because that's what the people called him after they pulled it, poured the honey on him in the legend. Oh, right. Okay. Now, what you're alluding to is interesting because we get a second legend of right. the Candyman. Which, this is where the movie for me was like, oh, this is like really cool and like kind of interesting the way they're treating this. Because the first, um, essentially what happens is she visits this, these projects called Caprini Greens, or Cabrini Greens. Cabrini. And um, there was a murder there. This is what sets the whole thing off, is there was a murder there. <coughs> what had happened was a woman had heard a knocking on the inside of her bathroom cabinet and couldn't figure out what it was. Right. Someone had come through the, um, the bathroom cabinet mirror with a hook and killed her. The cops were called but never showed up. Yeah, they, they didn't believe everyone who who called the cops. Right. So, 
Helen decides to visit because she wants to see for herself. Oh, because she, uh, upon going through an uh, old newspaper after finding out about the story, realizes that the building that she lives in, which is directly across the uh, highway from Cabrini Greens, was uh, meant to be a part of the projects. Yeah. Uh, but when they built the, the highway through it, they basically prettied them up and then gentrified it and got a bunch of like rich white people to come move in. Yeah. So she goes into her bathroom and shows how the, uh, the cabinets work by pulling hers out and pushing the one on the adjacent side in. Yeah. Dude, that shit like freaked me out. Yeah. Cause I was like, dude, someone just popping through your wind, like through your cabinet in your bathroom. Like what the fuck? That's crazy. And so I didn't understand how that really worked though. Like, what was the whole deal? Was there not a cabinet on the other side, or what? There was because she pushes it out. Oh right, okay. And then when they go to the apartment, which is where I'm going with this, um, they when, do the same, and that's where they find. Well, she opens it and sees that that dude just broke his way straight through the wall. Yeah. And yeah, so they go through, and this is interesting. But before we get to that. The, the way they depict them pulling up into the projects um, and, like, being harassed and followed around, I don't think I've ever seen a movie be so true to how it must feel for a woman to be in that situation. Yeah. Because it's, like, really claustrophobic, and these people mm. are everywhere and, like, making it, like, really intense. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something this movie is pretty relentless about is the way that they are, like, honest with the way people get treated. But we'll, we'll kind of get into that again in a minute. Uh, so they, they go, th- she, well, Helen goes through because, uh, what's the friend's Bernadette. name? Bernadette. Bernadette. I always, I keep forgetting it because they call her Bernie, right? Yeah. Okay. She, she goes by Bernie. So she doesn't want to go through. Helen goes through. Yeah, and she's she gets like, some, this is fucking scary. Dude, I'm with Which her. Which, I, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, I'm, I think I'll get out of here. So Helen, Helen goes through and starts taking some pictures. And this is where we see the first cool mural where she climbs through the mouth of the Candyman. Yes. This is dope. Super um, cool. And then, so then she kind of keeps searching, and uh, I think this she also finds the candy with the razor blades in it. Yeah, because she, she, like, nicks herself. Yeah, and gets fucking tetanus, like, immediately right then and there, being a dumbass. Yeah. Um, she comes back, basically decides that she knows the whole story, but, oh, what happens? On the way out, they get uh, talked to by Vanessa Williams' character. Mm-hmm. She's a... Cause she, Anna Marie. She comes in when they're just get, like leaving, and then they ask to talk to her and uh, talk about it and everything, and then they have this whole like uh, pretty real conversation. Uh, her conversation's really good in this. Yeah, yeah, she basically is like, you people come in here and you just assume we're all like everybody downstairs, but some of us are just trying to get by. Yeah. And like she, she says, I'm just trying to raise my son. Yeah, and she's scared for her kid too. Yeah, and um, it's like a really honest moment yeah where you're just like feeling everybody's feeling for everybody and and you can see that helen's starting to push it together in her head and be like wow this sucks like none of this is fair at all or makes sense yeah um so she she goes back talks to the little boy dude that part's rough too because he tells like a part of his candy man story about the kid that died in the bathroom yeah and, and it was kind of brutal it yeah. was played very played out very well and I, I want to say tasteful, but at the same time, it's like yikes. Because they don't show the, they don't show any of the violence, but they but show they the after. They explain what happened in the after fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so basically what it is is, um, a mother and her son who is special needs were out shopping. He needed to use the bathroom. He kept insisting, so finally she let him go to the bathroom across the street in the public bathroom. 
She heard screaming. They go over and find that he'd been cut with a hook from groin to... They, that's the thing is he didn't... Groin to gullet. But he didn't get cut all the way open. It they looked said like they, it started at his stomach and like went up. And they say that he was holding himself in his hands. Yeah. As though he was like holding his penis like because it had been cut off. Well, I imagine they meant whatever entrails from the area. Yeah. I know. Because they said it was in the toilet. Yeah. It was disgusting. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, then was... something else. This is the second time this is referenced too. Um, they say the guy that found him when he came out, his hair had turned his white hair from turned fear. white from fear of seeing what he saw. Which doesn't lead anywhere. But I kind of like the way they kind of do that with urban legend and how they just keep adding little things and all these little things and what's true and what's not. Yeah, like the classic game of telephone. Absolutely. Um... Now, she goes into the bathroom and sees one of the cool quotes from this movie, Sweets to the Sweet, which is also a Hamlet reference. I could not tell you the reference because I don't get it. Um, (laughs) I don't know it. But it's smeared in shit on the wall. (laughs) And I laughed so hard because I was like, this is the gnarliest. Like, you know that they were laughing when they put that on the wall when they were doing that. That's so gross, though. Who would do that shit? It's gross. And, um, she goes to the... Did they at least wash their hands when they were done? That's I, what I want to know. I, dude, my thought watching it was, who has that much shit? <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, it's a lot. Uh, she goes to the, the back stall and opens the toilet, and it's full of fucking bees. Yeah. Dude, that was like... Ugh. And she struggles getting the, you know, like, the toilet seat back down and, like, flushing it. Right. Ugh, it was disgusting. Now, when she goes to leave... We get the The Candyman. Okay, so I gotta say, I remember watching this movie when I was like eight years old because a cousin had rented it for a sleepover, and it fucked me up. Yeah, I I did not understand it. Well, especially because like they're alluding to this like you know they're Bloody Mary. Yeah, and then all of a sudden this thug who basically is like uh, it's kind of like with the imitation killers kind of thing. It's kind of one of those, right? Because he's trying. He goes by the Candyman. He carries a hook, and he dresses all pimped out, um, and he's like, I'm the Candyman, essentially. So it, like, brings that, like, real factor. It's like, oh, Candyman's not, like, this scary guy that when you say his name five times, he appears and kills you through your mirror. Uh, it's like this actual pimp in these projects, and it's scaring these people. Right. And it's interesting because everybody believes in the Candyman, and they're like, it was the Candyman. And there's this dude walking around doing that. So it's like, well, what do they believe? Do they believe the legend, which is the supernatural Candyman? Or are they just talking about this fucking dude? And I'm so glad that you just brought that up because it's so pertinent to why we get what we get after this. But yeah. um, now, but just before that, <coughs> um, I was so confused when I first saw this because I was like, well, who's this guy? As a kid, you know, I didn't yeah, understand and what like, was happening. Oh, well, this is dumb. Now, he comes in. I didn't think that, but. No, no, and I didn't think that this time. Um, I thought it was very interesting because also the movie at this point had posited that she had said Candyman five times. Yeah. So. Um, so you knew he was coming. Exactly. And then for him to actually show up, it's like, oh, okay, well, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, now, he beats the fuck out of her. He hits her really hard with, like, the blunt side of the hook, which it's like, are you just carrying the hook to, like, be, like, imitate the character? Or, 
like, do you actually do something with it? Because it looked pretty clean, you know? I think that he's just kind of imitating the character. Yeah, exactly. But, but he beats her in the head with it, and then her eye, like, dude, it gross. is just it. Whoever did the prosthetics on it did a fantastic job. What kind of bothered so... me was how normal her eye was after that, though. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up. How long is it supposed to be? Because it looks it pretty normal. it seems so fucked up that it would have taken at least maybe, like, a week or so for dude, it to, like, Dude, I put a month and a half. Really? It was rough. Yeah. Um, well, I imagine, like, the swelling would go down, but I think it would have been, like, really bruised. Oh, yeah. and I think Which it, it wasn't in... If there wasn't any nerve damage or anything like that done, too. Right. Um, now, she picks him out of a lineup, and he ends up getting... Um, arrested. Arrested, or, well, tried, is what I was going to say. Oh, sure. Um, now, it's really interesting because this is, like, kind of bringing up one of the major points in this movie where a white woman is attacked in this projects and the police show up. And they do up. something about it. And this, one of the only quotes, um, and actually I didn't put the whole thing down, but I was going to say one of the only quotes I wanted to give is when she's talking to the cop, he says they sent in a, a SWAT team and swept from the top to the bottom to get everybody out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well they did that for her, but they didn't even show up for the black woman that lived there. Yeah. And um, and one of the quotes I will give up is uh, he, she says, well, what about Jake? Because there, she's talking about how she's a witness and she's like perfect for the court for him. And he says, we don't need him. We've got you. Yeah. And so it's like, wow, they're really leaning into it. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I just thought that was super interesting because it's at this point she's realizing like, oh, this is all backwards. But there's a major change that happens at this point in this movie where she no longer, you could say has the privileges that she's had because from now on, when she interacts with authority figures, they do not treat her with respect. Mm -mm. And it's pretty interesting because it coincides with the fact that she, for the first time sees the Candyman. Okay. So Candyman enters the movie at 40 minutes and this is where we get, like, um, Virginia Madsen's first, like, hypnotized stare that she yeah. gives him. Now, while they were making this, apparently they she was hypnotized on set. Interesting. And uh, after the first or second time they did it, she said it made her really uncomfortable. And she didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and that she was just going to imitate it as best she could. Huh. And I think that's kind of interesting. Now, I think that's interesting because I don't really believe in hypnotism. I believe in the power of suggestion. And maybe she believes enough that it did allow, whatever. She looks like something's going on in some of these shots when yeah. she's with him. Like, her eyes look almost empty. And she's got, like, the single tear running down. And it's always like, oh, whoa, she's, like, gone. Almost like she's frozen in fear. I thought like, she was just a really fear. great actress. I, well, that's all I really got out of it. Yeah, maybe. But but she was uh, well, could you allegedly imagine, like, hypnotized on could, set. So could you imagine knowing what the next scenes are or the scenes you've already may have done, which could be all like the worst shit. Sure. And then going through that and then having to interact with the guy playing like the monster. And then like, that'd be rough. Yeah. He's I mean, probably he's, he's wild. So he's a wild appearance too. Cause he shows up looking all swaggy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he looks good. I mean, obviously we talked about how he's like torn to bits in the torso, but like we well, see he that he's wearing his... nice clothes. Yeah, he he alludes to that he's like a normal guy because he was fact, an aristocrat. You, 
when you look at the IMDb credit, there's a name there as well that says that Tony Todd is playing other than Candyman. Now, one of the major changes here, and basically what Candyman starts to explain to Helen is that he existed because of the urban legend. And the urban legend existed because after the one dude gets arrested, she tells the kid, the Candyman doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, I just had him arrested. And after that, it kind of feels to everybody like, oh, we're good. Because mm-hmm. they thought that he was the candy, the real Candyman. So Candyman, the real Candyman, explains that he existed through the legend. And since she made it go away, she's responsible for basically bringing it back. Right. She has to be his next victim. Now, this is, to me... Make her um, immortal. I mean, from here... <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. Well, he does say that. Um, well, in the meaning of that, like... He's going to kill her. He's going to kill her. She's going to die. There's going to be a story about it. She's immortal. It's like the same thing with like, you know, school shooters and sure. And just wanting to be known or whatever. What's okay. I have an interesting question for you because after this is where she wakes up in the pool of blood in Vanessa Williams bathroom. Mm -hmm. Do you think she killed the dog or do you think he did? No, I think he did all of it. I don't think she did any of it. Okay. Even I think that's the whole thing is that he's the only one that could really truly do that and she just gets left in the wake to um you know be get in trouble for it. Sure. Like it, it was the Candyman's master plan. Well, I I only asked I'm going to set you up. Now you look crazy and you're a murderer and you can't escape me and I'm going to kill this baby unless you let me take you and well, I only ask because she woke up with a cleaver. Uh, I mean, there which was could a have been there. obviously yeah. a plant, but I'm just saying, like, it's an interesting detail. The the cleaver was by the dog, though, I think, or maybe yeah, maybe that's right. I don't think it was right next to her. Um, no, yeah, it was right next to the but dog. Dude, she fucking swings it at Vanessa Williams. And well, yeah, cause her. she's like choking her. No, sure, but like, fuck, and man. She tries, the and then she doesn't attack her after that. She just says, like, stop. Right. She like she only did. Vanessa it Williams she... tries to attack her after that with the cleaver. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what also happens during the scene is uh, we see Anthony, who's the baby. It's it's her son. Um, his crib is bloodied, but he's gone. Yeah. Now later we find out it's the dog's blood. Right. They do say that. Well, and she says, "Where's my baby?" Right. No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But uh, everybody does think that she. Killed the baby at first, and then they think she's hiding the baby. Yeah. Um, we know that Candyman has the baby. Uh, now, before we go any further, I should address that we're watching this movie because of the new Candyman movies coming out. Yeah, um, and it looks pretty good. It does look pretty good. And now I don't... Supposedly this summer now, uh, and I'm going to date the podcast this episode, but during... Due to all this fucking coronavirus bullshit, I don't know the movie might get pushed back because a lot of stuff is getting pushed back. Which I, I would rather them do that. They're looking into like trying to do like home streaming. Yeah, it's like no, I want my first experience to be in the theater. Yeah, I'm right like that's the you. whole point. The problem, I'd rather you push it back. Honestly, well, the problem is they're all still trying to make money. I know. So yeah. and I get it, but uh, no. no, but I agree with you hundred percent. Like this is a movie I want to see in theaters, the new Candyman, That's especially a... after watching this it, yeah. without giving away my score. Yeah. But it's interesting. So the new one, um, the main character is Anthony. 
He is the baby from this movie. Um, now, he, I'm glad you already said spoilers, because that spoils that he's not going to die in the end, but that's also a big... Well, it was a baby. Pressure, yeah. Like, you know... Well, but they do, like, make it look like he's going to die for a second. Oh, for sure, because he, like, hides him in the <sighs> the bonfire. Right. And then they start lighting it once she goes in to rescue him. The whole, like, last 20 minutes is, like, kind of, like, nonstop. It's, yeah. like, one thing after the next. And we're pretty... I mean, honestly, we're pretty close, because she's almost going to get... Uh, what happens? She gets her photos developed. She goes through them. They, this movie does something I she, hate, which is what, where with they... the projector? Yes. That's not how photos work. That's not how projectors work. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. You can't I thought it was just, cool, though. You can't just change the lens, uh, the projector lens to change the focus on a photo that's already been taken. Sure. Well, couldn't you focus on it or not? No. Are you sure? I mean, you can focus that lens as much as you want, but it's only going to ever be at most focused wherever the camera was most focused when the Well, and when was it was taken. like trying to when they're trying to allude to what they're whatever they're trying to show, I was like, "What are what are <laughs> they showing?" Because I couldn't fucking see anything. And then it finally becomes clear, and it was right. like, "Oh, that's cool." He was like right behind her watching. It was her. cool though. No, I know, but I. It's just like the when they're like enhance, and the the photo zooms in a bunch, and I'm like, "Yeah, but that's not how that works." We get some side boob at 48 minutes 30 seconds. It's not good side boob because she's covered in blood. I'm just yeah, put it out it's, there it's right a disturbing now. scene. That scene is really uncomfortable. Now this is the first time we see her really not have any rights. Like nobody gives a fuck what she has to say at this point because she's stripping down and she's like, can I talk to my husband? And the lady's like, no, like doesn't even answer. Yeah, she just she keeps telling answer. her to unst- undress. And, um, she ends up getting her shower and everything. And they pretty much just ignore what she has to say after that and say, do you understand? And that's all she can say that they'll accept from her. It's pretty rough. It's really rough. She does get to call Trevor and he doesn't answer because he's not home. Nope piece of shit i fucking hate him in this movie man yeah, he sucks he's the worst he was with uh stacy Ooh, she looked a lot like uh like amanda seyfried though yeah but this actress sucks i thought she was fine she's she didn't really have bitch. a role At the end of the movie she's so annoying why because she cries on the guy she's just whining about the fact that he's in the bathroom crying oh She's, like, pouting and, like, cooking dinner and being, like, just super whiny about it. It's like, God. His his ex-wife just fucking died. I know, but she's also, like, a college student. They've been banging for months. I'm just saying. No, I get it. Um, Now, when when Helen does finally get out, she does what I would want to do. And that's smoke a marb. And drink a bud. Yeah, for real. I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, I Virginia need, what, I need that right after this, dude. dude. For real. When she is at home, and uh, Candyman like attacks her again. Now this is before she gets committed. Uh, he puts his arm through her mirror. Yeah. And it's like swinging around like crazy when she comes out of the bathroom and closes the door. Dude, that fucking freaked me. I was like, dude, that's scary as shit. Yeah. She's just like flailing around trying to get whatever. And then she runs through the house and runs into him again. Yeah, she runs out of the apartment. He's down the hallway. Right. She runs back in the house and tries to call the police, I think. Yeah, and I um, think he's like there. Yeah, he's just behind her. And so, um, 
This is where Bernadette shows up, and we get Bernadette's tragic end. Yeah. Which she was, like, all blue. Dude, like, she was cold. Yeah. Like, very... It was, ugh, it was weird. It was brutal. She was, it like, didn't look that gut good, open. Well, and then everybody in this movie gets, like, gutted. Well, yeah. And, like, all, but it just, like, looks thing. so, like, visceral. Yeah, so she gets um, arrested again, and then strapped to a bed, and drugged. Because, oh, so, yeah. She gets drugged because, while she's laying down... Candyman comes down, like, in a laying position above her and, like, taunts her. And then yeah. goes under her bed, right, when the people come in? Yeah. And they, they drug her to, like, knock her out. And then when she wakes up, she finds out she's been drugged for a month. Yeah, that shit was crazy to me because I was like, whoa. She, like, just got there. Or at least it seemed like it. Dude, can you imagine waking up and you've lost a month because someone was drugging you? That's yeah. fucking insane. Yeah, that's that's not a fun time. I don't. And the whole thing is, like... And understandably, right now, everybody thinks she murdered her fucking best friend. Yeah. And with her past at this point, the whole missing baby and the dog being murdered, it, it's kind of... It, it's not it looking It looks good. bad for her. Yeah, it's not looking good. Um, She's in trouble. What bothered me, though, is, like, the nurses even taunt her. Like, she uh, asks what time it is, or how long it's been, or she asks oh. where she is and what time it is, and they just kind of, like, taunt her. They, like, yeah, and she's like, where are we going? And the guy's like, Disneyland. Yeah, I like, was like, what an asshole, dude. It's like, oh, my God. Um, she gets kind of admitted into this office with this guy. This is, uh, this is where she finds out she's been in there a month, but, um... This is also where they kind of try to allude to everything being in Helen's head. Because they show the video and of her confronting Candyman when she first got there, and he's not in the video. Right. Um, well, that's the whole... That's, like, the point. It's like Freddy Krueger. I know, and that's funny, because he's very close to Freddy Krueger in a lot of ways. But also different Totally enough, different. You know? At the same time. Yeah. Um, Although, I would prefer Freddy Krueger, honestly. I think he's cooler. I, it depends, man. It depends on which movie, because eventually they start to get... They turn into, like, a cartoon character version of him. He just becomes a cheese ball. Um, now, this is... Basically, Helen proves to the doctor that the Candyman is real in the most Faustian deal one could make. She says Candyman into the mirror five times, and Candyman does indeed show up. Yeah. And prove to the doctor that he exists. Yeah. By coming in through his chest. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Dude, it was brutal. Because there's, like, nothing behind him, and then you just see the hook come uh, straight through the chest. It was fucking insane. <laughs> like, that, that's a good jump scare. They did, yeah, and they did some really good stuff with the effects here. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the whole movie had some pretty good practical effects. Oh, I agree. So, it, they really kind of, like, showcased that, especially here. Um like what they could do and i feel like this movie's a little bit underrated because of that oh i absolutely think so too i feel like this movie doesn't get talked about enough it it kind of seems like but maybe that's just its age or maybe this movie is kind of just ahead of its time i mean i don't know maybe because i feel like it's saying a lot of things that are could be considered relative today still but at the same time at the time people weren't really talking about that kind of stuff all I meant was that, like, maybe because it's, you know, like, almost 30, 30 years old. 30 oh, sure. years old. Because uh, it's nearly 30 years old. It, that's 
really well, why it is, like, you don't hear about it a lot. It is interesting still, though, because, uh, I mean, you brought up Freddy Krueger, obviously, sort of an icon, slasher icon. Right, which, when was, I compared them to, I really was just talking about the idea of either. Sure. So. Um, but it is interesting, because this movie did gross a lot of money, but you're right, it really doesn't have the same traction. It had two sequels. Weren't there, like, four of them? No, the fourth one would be the newest one. Okay. Which is just so crazy to me. Um, well, I mean, and I, I haven't seen that either the sequels of, are like just B movies. Yeah, I haven't seen either of them. Yeah, um, we get which we I brought this up to you earlier, but Candyman exit the scene like a motherfucking badass, where he just like <laughs> backwards blasts out of a window and flies yeah, away, flies into the sky. I thought that was sick. Um, it was cool. I just uh, it was just kind of funny to see him like pulled out of there. He kind of feels like a cosmic, like, monster of sorts. Yeah. Like because he's so far sort of. beyond understanding. Yeah. You know? Um, she does get out because of this. He allows her to escape. He undoes her, um, her like, uh, straps that are holding her down. She escapes. She goes um, back to find him. Well, she goes back home and kind of has this weird confrontation with Trevor where she finds out that his girlfriend has moved in and that they're painting the apartment and it looks totally different. That scene is what it is. We don't really need to get into it. Um, but then this is where it gets kind of cool because then she goes to find the Candyman and she finds him sleeping. Yeah. That part was confusing to me. It was very confusing. Uh, it's almost like he allowed it so that she would come to him and he Like he was luring to... her? Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Because look where he this wanted goes. to show his immortality to her, um, by allowing her to, you know, yeah, stab him. Because he kind of just pulls it out and he like kind of laughs. Well, and you and see blood squirt out, but like, here's what's so interesting about this, and here's why I say Candyman's sort of cosmic. She uses a hook to stab him, the same one she takes when she chases him out into the big bonfire area before it gets lit up. Yeah. Her bringing that hook out is the reason the bonfire gets lit up. What do you mean? Because the kid looks out the window and sees the hook entering the bonfire and thinks Candyman's in there. And that's why everybody goes and lights the fire right then. Mm. When she's inside. So it's almost like he, like, knew in a sort of, like, existential way, this is how things are going to play out. Well, yeah. When when she comes to and he's gone. Yeah. Um, after he, like, made the deal with her and picked her up and stuff. Right. He said, it was always you, Helen. Because he, he offers her for the baby. Yeah. But then finds the baby inside of the... Well, she hears it crying. Yeah. And it, he's so she inside goes to of the... rescue it, which she ultimately does. Right. Which this is but such it also, a tragedy. Yeah, because he chases her in there. They're lighting it on fire. He really, like, chases her to her doom. Well, because like he still takes her, even though she, she like made the deal with him, but right, it wasn't like he was like, all right, I'm gonna kill you right now and do it. it he was wanted like, them both, and yeah, which the reality is, the spirit of this man that was murdered and tortured wanted his bride and his child. Yeah, and uh, it is revealed. I mean, I think at this point that Helen looks just like his bride through right because the there was the that other. The mural. mural, which I thought it was kind of odd. Do you think there was any sort of symbolism in the fact that there was that huge crack in it right above where her hair would be? And so she kind of looked bald, but then the hair you do see kind of looked more like fire. 
I think that's probably on purpose. And I say right. that because of the mural you see at the very end. Did you watch the one when the credits? Because the, at the very end, the, while the credits are happening, the camera actually creeps in and up. And that you see a new mural of Helen. What? Oh. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What, what does that one look like? It's her. She kind of looks like a saint. She's in all white. And she's bald. But she looks like she ha- has hair on top. But it's fire. Uh, I think that's what I was talking about. There's like the big crack in it, right? That's a different one. Oh, that, so that's that is the, the both of one. them. This one is just huh. Helen by herself. How far after the credits? It's about 20 seconds into the credits because the camera creeps through the warehouse. Right, and, and the then, credits start. Yep, and then as it keeps going, it eventually gets up and you see her just her face. It's very interesting. Okay. Uh, so I would think that probably was on purpose. It's sort of foreshadowing. And I mean, when we get to quotes, there's other foreshadowing moments in this movie. Gotcha. Um, so the, the whole junk fire thing that we see, while it practically makes no sense, it was so, so awesome and so well constructed and so interesting looking. Like the fact that she's like in a maze inside of this thing kind of made no sense. Oh yeah. But other than that, it still works for me and I like really loved it. Yeah, the way it was it was, it put was interesting to have this this whole scene put together because it's like why would this really be a thing? Right. But it kind of made more like gave it more adventure. Yeah. Really? No. And you're like, "Oh, how is this going to play out? She's going to grab the kid and get out of there?" And she does. But on her way out, yeah, a pillar that's on fire falls behind her, lands on her, and she catches on fire. It's so sad. She it loses is. all her hair. She she loses uh, all she of her hair. Such burns nice hair. Burns her whole back and head, and um, she does get the baby back to Vanessa Williams, but then eventually succumbs and dies. Um, and then we get kind of sort of what seems to be a sad and kind of unfortunate funeral for her at first, because it's like her ex-husband and yeah, like and that girl and that fucking dickhead professor that she argued with at, uh, at the restaurant in the middle of the movie. Yeah. And so I was like, that sucks. But then you well, see all of Cabrini green show up yeah. and pay their respects. And that part's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, but they do something that I found to be a little bit questionable. They drop the, the hook, hook into the, why? I know. I thought that was weird. That seemed like kind of disrespectful in my mind. I'm like, really? It was but at almost... the same time, it's like, is it your, like, your was... trophy? Or it was almost, or maybe, yeah, maybe, or maybe it's um, securing her and Candyman together. Possibly. Because they both pop up after that. Well, well, we're going to get into that in a second, because I have some... Something... But is it maybe, like, sealing the legend or like her legend now, because you know they're gonna talk about that for years and years, and over the years it's gonna turn and twist, and it's just gonna be another urban legend. And sure. so, like, part of it's gonna be like, yeah, they threw the hook in her grave. She's buried with the hook. She's buried with right. the hook. Because um, that's such a urban legend kind of thing. You're right, and that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, which I should have, because it is an urban legend movie. Um, yeah, I mean, so after this, we get to see kind of Trevor's real reaction to losing uh, Helen. We get a big old "you don't know what you got till it's gone" moment. He's just kind of just yeah. crying in the bathroom, and then he does. He says Helen in the mirror five times. She shows up and cuts him from growing to gullet. Yeah. Now it was interesting. 
what what's interesting to me is it, it kind of alludes to the idea that she has fulfilled the Candyman uh, urban legend and is now like become it, which yeah. is cool. But obviously, we get two more movies that she doesn't appear in at all. Right now, the new movie will have her character in it, and they've cast a new actress in it, in the role. Oh, really? So there, I don't know how. But that is a thing. And Tony Todd is cast for the new movie as well. Nice. I'm very excited. I'm excited too. Um, anyways, the, the mural that I brought up earlier. That is the that on that with my notes. Um, I do have some quotes though. Did you get any quotes for this movie? Dude, I mean, he says a lot of cool shit in this. Yeah. Um, I didn't write any of them down. But if we want to go into them, I'll I'll pull them up because they're all on there. So well, so um, with the first quote we get from him, from him when um, right in the beginning, yeah, he says, "They say I've shed innocent blood. What's blood for if not for shedding? With my hook for a hand, I'll split you from groin to your gullet." It, yeah, it's almost like that's the the story you tell. Right. Like that's the kind of the Candyman legend, and then people will describe it. You know. Right. Um, during the legend, one of the things that they say, and I put this in quotes, was they burned his body over a pyre. Yeah. Which is complete foreshadowing for the end of the movie where Helen dies in the fire. Yeah. Um, I heard you were looking for Candyman, bitch. Your favorite <laughs> quote from the fucking movie. <laughs> it was uh, the best one, really. It was It was one. Um, for this podcast. Be My Victim. Yep. Major quote in this movie. Yeah, Love like, it. Uh, he's like, be immortal with me, I think, is right. what he says. Yeah. Now, one Some of... romantic shit. He, dude, it's so romantic. Yeah. Everything he says is so, like, like pretty and, yeah. you know... I, I don't know how... Exactly, poetic. Yeah. He says, I'm the writing on the wall. I'm the whisper in the classroom. Without these, I am nothing. So now, I must shed innocent blood. Yeah. That's so fucking yeah, brutal the legend's and cool, gotta dude. The legend's gotta live on. Um, he says to Helen, they will all abandon you. All you have left is my desire for you. Like, dude, the shit he says to her, like, really, it is romantic. Um, <laughs> in a really dark and gruesome way. Right. And I think that's it for my quotes. Yeah. All right, man. What are we rating this movie out of today? Can I pick? Yeah. Rottweiler heads. Oh, brutal. How many Rottweiler heads are you giving this movie? Uh... You know, I give it, oh, it's hard. I think I give it a four. What do you, what do you like struggling between? Like four and five. Cause like, I don't really see anything wrong with it. Yeah. But for some reason, I also don't want to give it a five. Sure. I guess cause like, I really liked it, but I don't think I was in love with it. Yeah. But it was really good. Um, like the whole structure of the story, it was, I think maybe it's cause it was kind of confusing with sure. the whole, like, oh, it's an urban legend. And it's like, oh no, it's really just this like gangster in these projects. And it's like, oh no, it is an urban legend and it's real and it's like supernatural. And it was really cool. Had a lot of good vibes. Um, the cinematography was awesome. And then the like prosthetics and special effects were awesome. Like this movie it was pretty good. It's very um, well made. You're right. I yeah. mean, with what, everything you're saying. Uh, you know, I, I'm i giving this movie a 5 out of 5. 
Nice. Easy. I mean, I, I really liked this movie. I've seen it before, so I knew what I was getting into, but watching it again and, like, really taking everything in and, like, following the story and listening to what was being That's... said. It's a really fucking dense movie, but it's good. Yeah. It, it, I... Yeah, I don't want to say confusing. I would rather say dense because I feel like everything is there's so much there that needs to kind of be unpacked. No, absolutely. It's there for a reason and it works. Yeah. And it's ultimately what makes the whole movie work and and is effective because that's the whole thing. He's like you killed my legend. I'm not going to survive if like my story isn't told. Totally. It's <laughs> this weird mystic He's a like, um, supernatural being that like is forcing his his existence. Into he's a tulpa, world. a tulpa, sort of in a sense. I don't a know tulpa what that is, is uh, well. The difference here is he's actually a spirit because he was a person that existed. But a tulpa is um, a, like a ghost or a being that we conjure mm. out of energy. Right. Um, well, so he's see the Philadelphia is, experiment but... for that one. Um, anyways. That is the actual that on that. Yep. It's a good fucking movie, man. Yeah, I agree. I really like this movie. Yeah, I saw it before too, and I got kind of bored with it, honestly. But like when I sat down and like really watched it for this, um, and also after we already talked about the new Candyman, I was like, okay, yeah, I really want to see like what the connection's gonna be. And I was like, this movie's actually like, and that's why I said it was so underrated, right? Because like it's it's really good. It's but it's almost a drama, and that's that's kind of why I brought up it. It is a horror movie, and I I don't want to be confusing by saying it doesn't feel like a horror movie because it is a horror movie, very much so as a horror movie. But it's it's not it, it when it, like when people watch the Friday the Thirteenth movies, they're watching it because they want to see the kills, and it's like yeah. the fun. This movie's not fun. No, this movie is like really it's bleak, and it's kind of like got something to fucking say and it's saying yeah. it and then it's at the same time it's like it's having its cake and it's eating it too mm -hmm. uh but in like the best way possible yeah no i totally agree um this movie's a whole trip uh oh i definitely recommend it same absolutely um, you guys should definitely watch it if you didn't watch it along with us this week um, Dude, Jordan Peele being on the new one, yeah. like attached to it, that's so good. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, because Get Out was great, and, uh, and and I liked us. I yeah, I need to watch it again. I've been wanting to. I just haven't like found time for it. But I admittedly, the second time I watched the movie, I had decided it's like once I you understand it, it yeah. it's more enjoyable. That's how I feel about a lot of movies that I didn't like recently. And then once they came out and I watched them again, I'm like, well. It's and like, then even movies I do like, I'm kind of like, well... Well, it's like once you have an understanding of what you're getting into and you're able to kind of just sit there and not have a different expectation, it I, this is what it is. Let's just watch it for what it is. Yeah. You're able to kind of just be like, oh, okay, it's actually pretty good. It, yeah, if you try to go in with no expectations, which is why I like... I'll watch like a teaser or two and then like maybe the first trailer that comes out. Right. I try not to watch anything after that with new movies um, because it's like I I really just want like a pure first reaction to this movie sure and i yeah. don't want to have too much speculation on what might or might not happen um and then like bum myself out um I, like if it works in my favor where like the movie's better than i expected it to be that's awesome that's always good right um which is why i try to keep my expectations a little low but totally. sometimes it's hard to get excited i got so excited for captain marvel and it does it wasn't quite what i wanted yeah but i guess it wasn't for me 
It wasn't I know. Really, I wasn't really a target audience, and I've sort of gotten my. I found myself in that position now, where I'm just kind of like, it, this just wasn't for me. Yeah. I, it just wasn't for me. You yeah. know, that's all. It, and it's sometimes hard to accept because you're like, I really wanted this to be for me, but it's not. I will say though, after watching it again, after seeing it for the first time, I was kind of like, okay, this movie's all right. It's fine. So like, yeah. You know. Um. Cool. Well, you know, uh, head over to Instagram and Twitter. Follow us. Please. We're at W-A-W-W-T pod. We're also on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, uh, CastBox, and uh, Google Play. Uh-huh. As well as Stitcher. Stitcher. We don't really, pro- I don't really promote the Stitcher very much. If you're using Stitcher, we're over on Stitcher. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. On Stitcher. If, my question is, though, if you're using... If you're using Stitcher and you're not listening to this, how are you going to find out that we're on Stitcher? That's true. I don't know. I never thought about it. Anyways. <laughs> <sighs> they follow our Twitter, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully they follow our Instagram because there's a lot more That's happening where over the there. Yeah. Hit up the Instagram. Leave us a review or like some comments or something are we doing a good job do we suck or what you know what's up i'll Let send us know. you i'll send you stickers we've got some mail. cool stickers after the whole coronavirus thing yeah and it won't we won't cough on them i swear not not twice uh, <laughs> uh yeah so that would be cool to send some guy uh some people some stickers um i won't i'm they're free right yeah i mean free for you guys yeah if you want them Peace, bitches. Finally, 55 minutes in, you can steer the We get some Who can take tomorrow? Dip it in a dream. Separate the sorrow and collect up all the cream. The candy man.